Hello, everyone. My name is Beryl, and welcome to my podcast, Creative Force. If this is your first time listening, it is good to have you with us. For everyone else, I'd like to welcome you back. I'm here to bring you creative people in all genres of art, crafts, culture, and and information about topics of interest. All of these things begin with the force of creativity. If you enjoy listening to Creative Force, please consider subscribing so you don't miss an episode. Hello, listeners. This is Beryl again with Creative Force, and thank you for tuning in. Today I have a guest by the name of MLJ Johnson, who is a renowned artist and a almost lifetime educator. So hi, MLJ, how are you? Hi, I'm fine, and yourself? I'm good, and thank you for coming. So MLJ, um, I'd like you just to start. First, let us know what type of art you currently do. My art is called abstract vibrationism. What they are is words that I morph into images which reflect life's phenomena. So they're pictograms. Okay, pictograms. So Pictures which tell stories. Stories. And you usually start out by writing a word or words. Is that it? Usually I start with a word or a phrase. Mm-hmm. And... However, that word or phrase uh, presents itself on the surface, okay, an image would be formed from that. So um, with you being an artist, a lot of people I'm sure would like to know um, how you got your start, where or how old you were when you started, and what influenced you to become an artist. The influence, I guess, came from my mom, um, who said to take the best thing that you know how to do, and that's what you do. And at, I think, three or four, the best thing I knew how to do was make marks on a page with crayons and pencils and all different colors. And I did it very well, according to the people in my family, of course. Then when I got a little older, my dad had a um, a massive heart attack. And when they took me to the hospital to see him, I was so devastated that I whipped out my, my pad from, from school. And I drew right there on my notebook paper a picture of my dad laying up in the bed with all of these tubes coming from him. When I brought it back to school, my teachers... They were so taken back by the drawing that they entered it in the Lever Brothers contest. And I won that contest, and that was the beginning of my being an artist. Nice. And at what point did you start going to, I guess, museums or getting art books to maybe... um, to help influence what you what you were doing and to give you some insight? Well, my teacher at the time, um, Vivian Braverman, 
had told my parents they should take me to museums. And my parents were quite old, and so they weren't taking me too many places. But my older sister always took an interest, and she took me to the Brooklyn Museum and several other museums and places, actually, that she knew in Greenwich Village where they had art. Mm -hmm. She even took me on a trip up to Harlem to see the Harlem Fence Show. Right. Do you remember what piqued your interest the most at your first or initial visits to the Brooklyn Museum? Running around the Brooklyn Museum at that time, I was very much interested in the smaller rooms that, this again was the 50s, so downstairs in the Brooklyn Museum, they didn't have the main lobby like they have now. It was a different structured lobby with structured little galleries where they would take you in these rooms and show you actual drawings okay by different artists um i can remember um stuart davis and um there's another one who also worked with uh, a line and color and those piqued my interest because i was working with line and color at the time and it looked like stuff that i could do and so i i constantly practiced those until I felt I was competent at it. Well, what about your first introduction or knowledge of an, uh, a black artist or a, an artist of color? Artist of color came later on, much later on, actually. Like how old? In that um, I was seeing them because basically they were around. Um... I was on the Lower East Side, staying with my sister at the time. I was maybe 10. Yeah, I was 10. And um, the Henry Street Settlement was just coming into being. And there was art there that was done by artists of color. Mm-hmm. See, for me, my, my great-grandmother was an artist. She actually was sent to Pratt Institute um, by the person her mother was working for, who was the Delano family of the Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Mm -hmm. And so she used to paint, she used to draw. So she gave me my first instructions on um, how to draw uh, a profile of a person, an eye, a nose, lips. And whenever I went to her house in Harlem, her house was filled with art, but not necessarily um, from any black artists. You know, it was like um, um, Rembrandt type of art. Then, for me, I didn't even know about anyone who was a black artist, unfortunately, until I got to Brooklyn College. And then I became familiar with Romeo Bearden, and he was the start of my venture into doing collages, because I loved his work so much. So anyway, enough about me. Let's get back <laughs> to you. <laughs> so um, you were saying that your work starts with maybe pictographs, but you also do sculptures. Yes, I and, do sculptures. Um, 
I know you are, um, yes, printmaking now. I know you are very well uh, known for your screen printing, etc. So if you just want to touch upon that, and then we'll move into what you are doing now. Okay. Well, as I got older, um, hanging out on the Lower East Side, I began to meet some of the guys around there who were doing art. And I, there was like a little group of us that were doing art, and we were running from Lower East Side to Bed-Stuy, back and forth, creating different images, etc. I guess this was back in the late 1950s. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so... Um, you were still a kid then. Come yes, on now. All I right. was. Okay, all right. I'm just, okay. Just trying and so to... <laughs> I would always do... Uh, well, one of the first projects that were built on Lower East Side was uh, the LaGuardia Houses. Mm -hmm. uh, across f the street from LaGuardia House was a Jefferson Street artist. Okay. Okay. The Jefferson Street artist, uh, Robert Indiana, uh, Jasper Johns, uh, several others. In fact, Sonny and Cher even lived in the mm -hmm. building. Okay. Okay. We would see them all the time. Right. Okay, and we'd show them our little pictures, etc. Mm -hmm. And um, in terms of schooling, um, I went to several different schools, high schools. I got into the School of Art and Design, and um, for different reasons, I had to leave the School <laughs> of Art and Design. Oh, Lord. <laughs> And so I left there and ended up uh, at Thomas Jefferson mm -hmm. High School back in Brooklyn. Right. Away from Manhattan again. Mm -hmm. And um, there, um, the art teachers really took a liking to me. Mr. Brooks um, had began to show me how I could get into college through art because we had no money. Mm-hmm. And I really, well, everyone didn't think I was going to go. To college. Yes. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was through that he put me in a portfolio program at NYU where I met um, William T. Williams and uh, who else was there? Um, Arun Bose. And began to do some drawing with them and some printmaking. And I got into this portfolio project thing that they mm -hmm. were doing at NYU. Mm -hmm. Okay? I completed that course. They gave me a certificate and a scholarship. From there, I went to Brooklyn College where William T. Williams was teaching. Mm -hmm. And he introduced me to a myriad of black artists. Right. Um, Everyone that was on the scene at that particular time, we're talking early 1960s. Mm -hmm. um, and so from there, I really felt I got my teeth as to the seriousness of art. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the tools that you like to work with in terms of your, your painting? Um... In painting, um, what I usually use is charcoal and this 
it's like a paint powder medium. Mm -hmm. It's a vibrationism that gets mixed with acrylic paint right. and oil stick. Mm -hmm. Okay, and it causes a special binding, okay, to go across the paintings, which makes them sort of have a glow above the surface. Right, right. Vibrancy. Yes. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right, so now let's fast forward to 2018 or 17 slash 18, and you have created, from what I understand, a new body of work. Yes. So give us a little um, insight as to the theme, your uh, inspiration for this work, and... Um, Whatever else you can bring to the forefront. Okay, well, what happens, um, since I had been working on this thing that gives a, on, on paintings and also sculpture, which create a surface above the surface, mm -hmm. almost like an aura or, or a uh, vibration. Right. Okay. Similar to what Romeo Bearden was doing with his X-ray paintings, mm -hmm. and if you see Romeo Bearden's work, the after shadow, it's um, very much like what happens in Curlian photography, where there's a an image, and it's the image that you're 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 directed to look at, but there's an after image. Or is there an image okay. under it or above it's, it or it's, it's usually vibrating it's like all an aura. around. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's vibrating all around that, that image that you're directed to. Okay. Okay, or what they call the recognizable image. Mm -hmm. Is it on paper or canvas? It happens, well, what I'm working on now is masonite. Oh, okay, interesting. Okay. That's a nice surface. And um, what I find happens is there's this aura that happens in people, and I try and recreate that aura or capture that aura in these images that I see. Right. You know, it's a blessing to be able to even see an aura around a person in real life. You know, that not everybody mm. can do that. Well, coming from, <laughs> coming from the areas that I come from in terms of religion, etc., we are known to see auras. That's and right. and uh, in fact, it's been said that some of us have been born with a veil, which means that you can see images that other people don't see. Except right. You could take that wherever mm -hmm. you want to take it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But this is what happens. And in, throughout my studies, I've found that these images do exist. And they not only exist in people, they exist in things. It's like when you're seeing an image for the first time and you see it and then you don't see it and yet the image is still there or the image is in front of you and then the image is removed. It's through the color, okay, and the aura or vibration of that image that still exists. Right, right. Okay, and that's what I'm trying to create in these new paintings, mm -hmm. drawings, and sculpture as right, well. Right, right. And again, um, they're pictograms, so they start. They start with language. They start with words, etc. Mm -hmm. Do you okay. ever give the audience the um, beginning or the words that are captured in your paintings? So I that go they right through. Hit? I go right through, meaning that I go from the word 
right to the image and in looking at it, okay, um, it's almost like a a, um, a flashing light that goes on and off. Right, but see, the flashing light, <laughs> <laughs> if you know what the words are, which you do know, and me as an audience, I may not know what words you started with, so I'm just seeing the image. But even when you don't know the words, all 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 words really are is images. Okay. So even when you don't know the words, you're seeing this image as if you know an A when you see an A. And I want you. Suddenly that A <laughs> becomes something else. Well, I, I, I think that you should incorporate perhaps in some of them where you want people to know. Because <laughs> some things you may not want them to actually know this the words. That you should, you know, with a few of them, tell them what it is. And maybe even uh, videotape or take photographs of the process of the words becoming the image. I think that would be interesting, at least, at, at least for maybe... Um, for one or a few pieces. Um, Videotaping of the process. Yes, absolutely. Have you, you done that yet? actually be handy in that. Oh, yeah. Since you have all this videotaping equipment <laughs> at your disposal. Well, we can talk after the show <laughs> about that. Um, so, all right. So, with all of that in mind, what are you going to call the theme of the show that's going to uh, embody all of this new body of work? Seeing the light. Seeing the light. Very yes. nice. Very nice. And it's basically about seeing the light within people and images. I like that. And some are more pronounced than others. Uh, the sculpture are very, very direct mm -hmm. in terms of what words they come from. Yes. Okay. And the, the more recognizable images have to do with how light or how bright that that light is within the people themselves nice nice interesting so also with that in mind i sort of remember you telling me that you are going to be in a show coming up very soon so two things one i'd like you to give the audience the name of your website so that they can indeed perhaps peruse some of your new work online before they have the opportunity to see it in person and then if you would let us know when where you will be showing perhaps some of your new work in the next uh coming months sure the website is yopeopleart.com all right now also place that on the soundcloud um info for Great. this particular uh, set and a lot of my work can be found there in upcoming things and a whole resume on what it is that I do and how great and uh, what about any upcoming shows do you have anything in the near forefront there are oh yeah there are two close shows that are very close the first show is I'm in a um, well I'm a member of way you see meaning blackness it is one of the oldest African-American artist collectives in the country, actually. And I'm in a group show with them. It is coming up May 19th, Malcolm's birthday. 
Okay. okay, and it will be in Harlem at the Hamilton Landmark Gallery, 467 West 143rd Street. Great, and I also have that in the info on SoundCloud. And then I have a solo show that is happening at the Dwyer Gallery on 122nd Street, also in Harlem. And that will be June the 8th. Okay, very nice. Do you know what time the um, the gallery opening is going to start? Uh, for the one-person show, it will be from 6 o'clock until 8, 9. Mm-hmm. Okay. The auction will take place on Saturday. Okay. Starting what, at 6 At, at the Dwyer. 8. At the Dwyer, it will be from... No, the auction is going to be where? No, the auction is going to be at Hamilton Landmark Gallery. Okay, so we wanted to make sure they understood that. Yes. Okay. All right, and that's going to be when? That's going to be May the 19th. All right, very nice. And like I said, I'll, I'll have all that information on the SoundCloud um, site with this particular um, Creative Force interview with MLJ Johnson. I... Um, just wanted to ask you a few questions. Um, what is the best or worst thing about the profession of being an artist? The frustration of having something in your mind that you want to do, know you can do, and then having to produce it. And also your audience wanting to see one thing and what you produce is not what they wanted to see. Because and your art is your from art, your heart. Yes, your art should not be, okay, your audience. It has to be the other way around. Right. Because you're the one telling the story. Absolutely. If you weren't in the um, profession as an artist, and don't use educator because that's what you also are, what would you be doing? I'd still be creating. What? I'd be creating paintings, I believe, and sculpture. I said, if you were not an artist, what would you be? I'd still be using, you see, I believe art, okay, is a form of communication. In fact, I believe it's man's basic form of communication. Okay. No matter where you go on this planet or any other, if you want someone to know something or another being to know about you, you could always create an image or show an image or you use an image to convey what it is you're trying to say. And regardless of language, okay, you can make them understand through different imagery. And if there was an item that you used, what item would you be lost without? Oh, that's hard. Because now I use so many things. Mm -hmm. Just give me one. My glasses. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was fair. <laughs>
All right, so um, MLJ, thank you for coming in and talking about your art You're quite and welcome. what you do and what will be happening with you and your art life coming up this month. And um, hopefully we will have you back again and we'll talk more about art and maybe the people you knew in the art world back when Brooklyn was still Brooklyn. <laughs> yes. I'd be delighted to do that. Okay, great. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Creative Force. If you like what you hear, I would love it if you have a moment to head over to soundcloud.com slash bk slash creative force. Give us a review or a rating. It really helps other folks to find the podcast. Thanks for listening and chat with you soon. Ciao.